Hi everybody, it's Sandra here and I hope you are all well. I'm going to pick up this series of the I Am Statements of Jesus based on the Gospel of John. We had two weeks break with Kate Simmons preaching on Mother's Day and Steve Oliver preaching last week. So I will re-intro the series and I'll talk a little bit about the expression I Am. For us to understand the Jews and why sometimes they were even offended by hearing Jesus saying, I am. We need to go back in time and understand the weight behind this expression. See, in Exodus, God appears to Moses through a burning bush and calls Moses to deliver his people who have been in slavery for 400 years in Egypt. And that is what Moses says to God. He says, God, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And then God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now, since this day, the people of God calls him I am or Yahweh, which is a word built on the name I am. Now, the word Yahweh or I am talks of a God who is. He didn't have a beginning. He was always. And also talks to, about a God who will always be. He doesn't have a name. Now, this name Yahweh was a sacred name to the Jews to the point that they would not dare to say the name of God. If they were writing this name, they would stop, they would pray, they would change the ink, write the name, then they would stop, pray, and then they would continue. So you can imagine how offensive it was for the Jews to hear Jesus saying things like, very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. And as we'll see today, I am the good shepherd. Now, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he's not just saying that he, Jesus, the man, is the good shepherd, but he is describing what God looks like. What is God like? God is like a good shepherd. That's a very important point for us to understand. Jesus did not just came to earth to declare the Father to us, but he came to demonstrate what he is like. As John wrote in the beginning of his gospel, no one has ever seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him to us. Now, Jesus has not declared him, he has explained God. To put that in a theological term, Jesus, he is the perfect exegesis of God. He is the explanation of God. And in the Gospel of John, he gives us seven pictures to explain what God is like. And the one we're going to look today is, I am the Good Shepherd. Now, just before we read in the passage, let me just say, in the years of Jews, this was a loaded statement. Throughout the Old Testament, God, he defines himself as a shepherd. And he also refers to his people as his sheep. Actually, one of the descriptions of Jesus as the Messiah is the description of a shepherd. So when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, 
He is saying, I am the Messiah. I am the fulfillment of prophecies like Ezekiel 34, where God says that one day he will set a shepherd over his people. And that this shepherd, he will gather the sheep, he will heal the broken, he will feed them, and he will make a covenant of peace with them. So if you have your Bibles with you, please you open in the Gospel of John, chapter 10. And Steve Fogarty will read it to us. Good morning, George. How are you? I hope you're having a great day. This morning, Simon has asked me to do the Bible reading from John chapter 10, verse 11 through 21. Just to put it into context, in chapter 9, Jesus healed the blind man. He then had to leave the temple complex, and he taught that he was the gate. Now, two weeks ago, James shared on that passage, if you haven't seen that, why don't you go and check it out after today's service? So if you've got your Bibles there, why don't you open them up to John chapter 10, we're starting at verse 11, and you can follow along. I'm reading from the New King James Version. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a highly, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf come in and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. Many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Anyway, I hope you're ready to receive a great message that Sandra's about to bring. Thanks to Steve. What a beautiful passage. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd laid down his life. He looks after the sheep. He protects. He defends. He doesn't abandon. Now what an amazing way to describe the heart of God towards us. But I would like to invite you to come with me to a town and we can understand a bit more of the context and the depth of what Jesus was saying. Now this town we're visiting today has a long history of shepherding sheep. The town is on the screen and you can see a photo of it and the name is Bethlehem. Now, it was on the slopes of Bethlehem that David, before becoming a king, tended his father's sheep. It was there that he defended his sheep by killing a lion and killing a bear. Now, David is a great picture of Jesus. He is the one who is stay and put his life in risk to defend his sheep. Now, he did that because he wasn't a hired shepherd. He was the son of the owner of the ship. 
And as a good son, he stayed. He put his life in risk. He defended his sheep. An amazing picture of Jesus, the one who would come to earth together and look after his father's sheep. Now, I think that no one in the Old Testament really understood God better as a shepherd than David. To the point that when God saw David looking after the sheep, God decided to trust him with his people. As if God was saying, if he looks after my people the way he's looking after his father's sheep, he will be a good king. Later, God would say to David, David, remember, I saw you in the pastures. I saw you while you were still a shepherd. Now, it was while David was a shepherd that he composed beautiful songs, like the Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul and guides my steps in righteousness for his name's sake. As if David looked to his flock and saw that we human beings are very similar to sheep. He saw that we also need a shepherd, a guide, someone to protect us. We do not do great on our own. As sheep without a shepherd, we can get easily lost. As sheep without a shepherd, we are easy prey on the hands of deceivers, on the hands of abusers, on the hands of robbers. And as sheep, we also doesn't have a very good, don't have a very good vision. Sometimes we don't see things as they really are. We do not see the cliff that is right in front of us. And if we do not have a good shepherd, life can be very, very messy. Now that's why human beings always love to build role models. Lords, religious leaders, kings, prime ministers, presidents, we need guidance. We need a shepherd. See, but David not just saw that we were like sheep, but he also saw that God is like a shepherd. He is the one that guides, protects, and looks after his people. Now, it was in the town of David, Bethlehem, that God sent our good shepherd to us. Listen to what is written in the, the Gospel of Matthew. A new Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means the least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So today, I would like to tell you the story of the Good Shepherd through a different lens. We all know that Jesus is a Good Shepherd, but the way that he came as a shepherd together and to look after this, his sheep is completely out of this world. And to tell this story, we will stay in the same town, the town of Bethlehem. But now we are centuries later. We are on the New Testament era. See, during the New Testament era, Bethlehem was still known for being a shepherding city. And today we will get a close look into the lives of the shepherds and their flocks into that city. You might think, what is all these details has to do with this story? But just stay with me and I promise you it will make sense in the end. See, Bethlehem was just four miles from Jerusalem. 
So the Bethlehem shepherds, they were the, one, they were the ones who would supply lamb to the sacrifice on the temple. Now, I don't know how you feel about this. I know that in nowadays, this can be a bit difficult for us to understand. But the truth is that a big part of religious life in Judaism was the massive slaughter of animals. The majority of them, they were lambs. Now, according to the law, every day, two lambs was required to be sacrificed. One in the morning and one in the last hour of the day. Now you do the maths, and that is 730 lambs each year. Now on top of that, thousands of lambs were needed in other religious festivals. And on the Passover day, each household that could afford should sacrifice. So it is safe to say that the lambs they were that were born in Bethlehem, they were born condemned. They were born to die. The lambs that present defects at birth, they would be rejected or they would become food. And the perfect ones would be kept for sacrifice at the temple. Now the shepherds in that town, they were kind of priestly shepherds. They need to follow lots of rules and regulations to look after the sheep. Now here's a very interesting thing that they used to do when the lamb was born. They would go there and check if the lamb was perfect. If that lamb was perfect, they would get that little lamb, they would wrap it in swaddling cloths, and they would put it on a higher place, like a manger, for example, until the lamb quietened down and calmed down from the birthing process. Then they would get the lamb, unwrap it, and give to its mother for feeding. And then they would look after that sheep very well until it turned one year old, where it would be ready to be sacrificed at the temple. Now I'm sure that in Bethlehem there were many good shepherds. Many of the shepherds, I'm sure that they took good care of their sheep. But the truth is, it would come a day where the good shepherds would no longer be good. It would come a day where the good shepherds would sell their lamb to be sacrificed. That day would not be a day of mercy. That day would be a day of death to the lamb. But to the shepherd, it would be a day of gain because lamb sacrifice was his business, was his livelihood. So, truth to be told, the, the shepherds were there in the pastures, shepherding themselves. The lambs were not their pets. They were just a way to get to the end they wanted. Now the thing is, when God looked to humanity, he saw that we human beings, we were very similar to the sheep I just described. Some of us were scattered without a shepherd, lost. Others were in the hands of bad shepherds, and others in the hands of good shepherds, looking like we had it all together. But the truth is, the end of everybody was the same. We were all walking towards the day of the slaughter, the day of death. So when Jesus comes to earth, he comes as a good shepherd who will gather the sheep, will save the sheep, and will deliver the sheep from the slaughter cycle. But the way he comes is just astounding. This is how he comes. He's born 
in Bethlehem, in a cave there somewhere. The first people to see him, shepherds. And they go there and they see this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying on a manger, just like a spotless, perfect little lamb. And here we have the mystery of the Good Shepherd. Jesus is the only shepherd who became a lamb. That is how he laid his life. He became one of us. He is the God who became a man and the king who became a servant. He is also the shepherd who became a man. Do you remember John the Baptist, what he said when he saw Jesus? He said, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So time passed and we are on the day of Passover. Now Jesus is 33 years old. And on that day of Passover, there is thousands of lambs in Jerusalem waiting to be sacrificed. Where are their shepherds? Well, their shepherds are nowhere to be found. They sold their lambs. They got their reward. They ran to the hills. But there is one shepherd that is there. He's there on the form of a lamb. And he's taking the wrath. He's taking the condemnation. Not just taking the wrath, but he's also shedding his blood. And with his blood, he's purifying. He's cleansing his sheep. The scattered ones. The imperfect ones. The ones who would never be fit to be presented at the temple. Now, this is here's how the prophet Isaiah puts it. He said, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Now what a good shepherd. Jesus is the only shepherd who became a lamb so that his sheep would not be sacrificed. The only flock today that are not walking towards the day of the slaughter is the flock that belongs to Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. Now that's why Jesus says in John 10, the good shepherd lay his life for the sheep. The good shepherd has the power to give and also the power to take his life back again. And he did this in his resurrection. That's why today we can live in his pastures. As the same chapter says, he gave us life and life to the full. There are no more sacrifices. We are not condemned. We are not for sale because we are already bought. Our good shepherd bought us with his own blood. And today we can live a life of peace and assurance because of what our good shepherd did. And also we have a shepherd who can sympathize with our weakness because he is also a lamb. Our good shepherd lived the life of a lamb. He also died the death of a lamb. Wherever we are, whatever we are facing, 
He's been there. He knows. He sympathizes. He has compassion. And he helps us. Now, there is a passage in the Bible that joins together Jesus as a lamb and Jesus as a shepherd. I would love to share this passage with you. It is in Revelation 7. Now, the context of this passage is beautiful. It is everybody arriving in heaven from every nation and every tribe and every language. And they are all around the throne, even the people who are also killed because of their faith. And that is what it says in Revelation 7. For this reason, they, referring to all of us, are before the throne of God. And they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no longer, nor thirst anymore. Nor will the sun beat down on them, on them nor any heat. But listen to this. For the lamp in the center of the throne will be their shepherd. For the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now how beautiful is that? The lamb that sits in the center of the throne will be their shepherd. See, our shepherd is sitting on the throne. But he's not sitting on the throne as a dictator. He's sitting on the throne as a lamb with the humility and the tenderness of the lamb. He can see the whole picture. That is why Jesus is the good shepherd according to the Gospel of John. He is the chief shepherd according to the epistle of Peter. And he is also the great shepherd according to the epistle of Hebrews. There is no better shepherd. So whatever you're facing, trust him. Listen to his voice speaking to you. He loves you. He knows you. He has your well-being in his mind. He is the only shepherd who became a lamb. He is the good shepherd.